Brothers and sisters, before we hear the reading of God's word, I'd like us to turn to the Heidelberg Catechism, a few questions and answers to guide us. Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 33, reading questions and answers 88 to 90, page 888 in the back of the Trinity Psalter hymnal, 888. Questions and answers 88 through 90 about repentance, conversion, sanctification. Question and answer 88, we read, What is involved in genuine repentance or conversion? Two things, the dying away of the old self and the rising to life of the new. What is the dying away of the old self? To be genuinely sorry for sin and more and more to hate and run away from it. And what is the rising to life of the new self? Wholehearted, sorry, wholehearted joy in God through Christ and a love and delight to live according to the will of God by doing every kind of good work. What we learn here in the Catechism is taught also for us in Colossians chapter 3. Follow with me in your scripture reading. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 at page 1170. A bit of a follow-up from this morning's sermon where we're called to be built up in love as a body of Christ, focusing on putting on love in this text. Colossians 3, the bulletin is indicated beginning at reading at verse 9, but I'd actually like to begin at verse 1. So Colossians 3, beginning at verse 1 and reading through to Verse 17, putting on the new self. Hear this word of our Lord. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you, will, you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put, away, put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised or un- and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so also, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. 
that the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Brothers and sisters, a few years ago, my daughter gave me a book she had to read in college. Not a Christian college, secular college. The book had as a title, L'amour ne dure que trois ans. Love doesn't last but three years. Love doesn't last but three years. I do not recommend its reading. It's in French anyway, so you won't read it. But I still don't recommend it. It's talking about a sensual love, erotic love. And it only lasts three years, and after that, you look for a new partner. Basically, that's the storyline. Now, we know that God does love the love between a husband and wife, song of songs, the joy of that physical union, the beauty of the bodies. But that love is rooted in a faithfulness, vows which are taken, promises which are given, and ultimately, it's rooted in God's love, the faithfulness of God's love, his steadfast love. And God's love lasts a lot more than three years. I'd like to explore this love of God. I'd like to explore this love, not just for our life as a couple, but particularly for our life as a church, how we are called upon to love one another, love even as God has loved us. I want to consider how we can live in this love that lasts, and that binds us together, that kind of clothes us together. Like a big blanket that you wrap around yourself. You know, when you go out in the evening to look at the stars, it gets kind of cold. You're out there with your family or you're out there with your friends and it gets kind of cold and you grab that big blanket and everyone kind of cuddles up and wraps up in that big blanket and you're nice and warm. You're bound together in the warmth of love. So we love one another. Let's consider the text before us. Putting on love... First of all, to understand what love is, particularly love which is received and reproduced in Christ, the love which binds us together. To put on love, to cover ourselves in love, love which is God who loves us in Jesus Christ. And so this love is received and reproduced in Christ every day of our life. A love which binds us together as brothers and sisters in the family of God. Our text then is verse 14 of Colossians 3. If you look at it again with me, Colossians 3, 14. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Above all else, just referring to the other great Christian virtues, graces, that we are called, verse 12, to put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, and above all that, wrap it all up in love. Like a coat you put on when it's cold. In Quebec it gets cold. Quebec City gets really cold. You fait fret. That's what they say, the Quebecois. You fait fret. That's when you get down to minus 20, minus 30, and it's just so cold. You got to go outside. So what do you do? Well, you put on your woolly underwear, you put on a good sweater, pants, socks, Grab that toque, scarf, snow pants, boots, 
gloves, and then you put on the coat over top to wrap it all up to keep the heat inside. Above all, put on love to wrap it all together. Love is the greatest of God's gifts to us, the greatest of Christian virtues. We can forgive, but if we forgive without love, is it really forgiveness? Love is that crown of Christian virtues. As you well know, summary of the commandments, love, love God, love your neighbor. Love is faith, which is active. It's the first fruit of the spirit. Gifts of the, the fruit of the spirit is love. But how do we define love? How can we describe it? Well, we go to the scriptures. Because the Holy Spirit has given us the most beautiful description of love, which we sang from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. Love is not irritable or resentful. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. It lasts a whole lot more than three years. We love this text. We read it at weddings. Been to a wedding of non-Christians. They read this text because it's so beautiful, this love. When we read this text, how do you respond? I hope you might respond by saying, wow, that's wonderful. I want to know it. I want to receive it. I want to give it. I want to live this love. It never dies. Because love doesn't die. It never ends. At the end of chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13, we read this phrase again, which we sang, so now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Why? Why does it say that love is the greatest? Because when we come into eternity, when we're in the presence of God, we're on the new creation, the new earth, there will be no more faith. We'll see God. Faith believes what it does not see. But we're going to see God. So we don't need faith. We don't need hope. Because we hope for a better world. We hope for a world of justice, peace, and joy. And we're going to be living it. There'll be no more hope. It'll be a reality. But there will be love. In eternity, there will be the perfect love for God. With our whole being. And perfectly fulfilled completely loving one another as brothers and sisters in the faith. We'll be filled with the spirit, spiritual beings, able to love fully one another. When we read 1 Corinthians 13, we say that's the love we want. The second thing we should realize, it's the love that we are not. I'm not that kind of love. You're not that kind of love. Sure, we love one another, and sometimes we love one another a bit more than usual. But we are not love. Love does not come from us. Our catechism is so right when in the beginning of the catechism, question and answer five, after talking about love God and love your neighbor, and it says, but we by nature, we are inclined to hate God 
and hate our neighbor. That's our nature. Because what happens when there's a conflict? When you have a conflict or an argument with someone and it doesn't go well, what happens in your mind? You start thinking about everything you did for that other person. I invited him to my place. I welcomed him into the church. I helped out on the committee when he couldn't be there. I gave him a word of encouragement when he was sick. And then, what didn't he do for me? Never invited me to his place. Never visited me when I was sick. Never thinks about me. Oh, that's how our hearts work, isn't it, brothers and sisters? We are not love. But God is love. And that's the third thing so beautiful in that text in 1 Corinthians 13. In many ways, this is a description of God. You remember the words? The words of the Apostle John, 1 John 4, verses 8, and he repeats in verse 16. God is love. God's very being is love. And what he does is loving. God is love. And so we can take this passage. It doesn't work completely. We'd have to explain certain phrases. But you can take this passage in 1 Corinthians 13 and say, God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy or boast. God is not arrogant or rude. God does not insist on his own way. God is not irritable or resentful. God does not rejoice at wrongdoing. God rejoices in the truth. God bears all things. God believes all things. He hopes all things. He endures all things. God never ends. God is love. And he lasts much longer than three years. It's his warmth. The warmth of his love that helps us to love one another. God is love. And we need to put on his love. Come back to our text, Colossians 3. This is 14. Colossians 3, 14. Above all these, put on love. We need to put on love. It's interesting that the text doesn't tell us to cause love to come out and to love others. No, it's reminding us implicitly that love doesn't come from us. It's given to us. It's kind of like a coat. You don't run outside in the cold. Can't you fit fret? You don't run outside naked hoping that your skin's going to start growing like a bear and keep you warm. Doesn't happen. You got to receive a coat and put it on. We need to receive love. Put it on so we can love others in the coldness of their relationships. Love is received then from Christ. Come to our second point. Put on love received and reproduced in Christ. But before I develop that point, I just need to explain something here in the text. This idea of putting off is the opposite of putting off. Earlier in the text, it talks about putting to death. Putting to death, or again, uh, do not lie to... Sorry, double check the verse 8. Verse 8, now you must put away, put away. So put to death, put away. The opposite of putting away is to put on love. We have the rhythm of the Christian life, which is described for us in our catechism. 
The catechism which reminds us that we had to put away the old man and put on the new man. Put away the old self, the sinfulness that's in us, and put on the new man, which is being made new in Christ Jesus. This is the rhythm of the Christian life. Always putting off and then putting on. Putting off sin. Putting on righteousness, grace. But there's a little detail in this text which is important to highlight as we read in verses 9 and 10. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you, you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. Here it's not a commandment, it's a reminder. The verb is in the past. This is what's happened to you. You have already put off the old self. Really, literally, the old man. You have put off Adam, in whom we are born. And you have already put on the new self, or the new man, which is Christ. You have already put off the sin by which, in which we are born in Adam, and you have put on the new self, Christ, his righteousness, his truth, his love. But which we, into which we have been born again. So there's this one time change in our life, which we are converted, born again, all related to the death and resurrection of Christ. We are joined to Christ in his death and resurrection, and once for all we have put off the old man, and we have put on the new self, Christ. But our whole life, day to day, is a continually putting off of sin and putting on of righteousness. It's like breathing. When a baby is born, what do you want? You want him to breathe. That first breath, he comes to life. Life is in him. And after that first breath, he keeps breathing. Breathe out the carbon dioxide. Breathe in the oxygen. Breathe out sin. Breathe in God's grace. This is the rhythm of the Christian life. Daily putting off the old self, sin, sinfulness. Daily putting on the new self, Christ. Kindness, meekness, gentleness, and love. Particularly in our text, it talks us, calls us to put on love. Verse 14 again. Above all else, put on love. Which is really putting on Christ. A parallel text in Romans 13, verse 14, it says, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. When we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're putting on love. But how do we put on Christ? How do we put him, on, put him on like a coat? Some people would say, well, we need to follow his example. Imitate, do what Christ did. Christ fed the poor, so we're going to go out and feed the poor. Prepare meals for those who are, have less than us. And food hampers, soup kitchens. That's good things to do, but we don't start there. To put on Christ, to put on love, we need, first of all, to receive Christ. After that, we can reproduce Christ and his love. First of all, we need to accept Christ. And then we can follow his example. First of all, we need to welcome Christ and his love. And then we can imitate him. First of all, we need to receive Christ. We need to receive the love of Christ. Christ's love for us, God's love for us in Christ Jesus. We need to remind ourselves how God loves us. I thank you, Lord Jesus. You forgave me my sin. You forgave me the specific sin that I committed, and you forgave me. I praise you, Almighty God, that you have reconciled yourself with me, and now there is for me no more condemnation I praise you, mighty God, my Father, because you have adopted me into your family. 
you have received me as your precious child. I thank you, God, the Father, that you love me in Christ Jesus. And nothing can separate me from your love. We put on love. We re- sorry, we receive the love in prayer, maybe in singing hymns, and reminding ourselves again of the way that God has loved us. This is the receiving of Christ's love. We need to do it personally, individually. We also need to do it collectively, remind each other. I don't know if you remember when you were a kid and you put on your snow pants, your gloves, your toque, and your hat, and then get your coat on. Try to get your hands through the sleeves. It's really hard. You need someone to help you. Help pull your hand through that sleeve. Button it up for you. In the Christian life, we need one another. We need one another to help put on love. To help put on Christ's love. Someone who can say, brother, sister, remember. That sin. Christ died for it. Remember, God has placed you in this church family, in this family of brothers and sisters. You are not alone. We need to receive that love. We need to receive Christ daily. And then when we receive his love, we can reproduce it. That's putting on love again to reproduce the love of Christ in our lives. Because Christ, he healed the sick. So we're going to take time to encourage those who are ill and sick. We'll pray for them, for their healing. We'll spend time to visit them. Send them a card, a word of encouragement. We'll cry with them when it really hurts. Christ had a lot of friends, his disciples. They're quite a mixed bag. There was fishermen, bureaucrats, revolutionaries, that's a zealot. Some are younger, some are older. So we, like Christ, can have many different friends who are quite different from us, younger and older. They don't have to be like us. Each Sabbath, Christ went to the synagogue to worship with God's people. He went with his family, he went with his friends. He gathered in the synagogue where there were those who, yes, they were ill and sick, but some who were hypocrites. They're in the synagogue, those hypocrites. Jesus gathered with them to love them and yes, call them to repentance. And so we can gather with family and friends and we can gather with some in the church who are still hypocrites and we love them knowing that God is calling them like us to repentance, new life. And Jesus forgave his friends, his disciples who abandoned him He warned them, you're going to leave me and abandon me. And they still did it. But then he reached out to them and gathered them in again. And we can reach out to those who have hurt us and draw them into the warmth of God's love through us. Put on love. Received in Christ, reproduced like Christ. Now here's the challenge. Once isn't too bad. Twice is okay. Three times gets a bit tough. It's kind of like when it's cold, 
The first day you got to go out into the cold and you're excited. We're going to get all dressed up and go out there and have some fun. And yes, it's so cool. We're tough. We can handle the cold weather in Quebec City. But after two, three weeks, this gets a little bit old. Thank you very much. Four months. Well, not quite four months, but it feels like four months to dress up again and go out into the cold. Forgiving a brother or sister in Christ, loving them again, being kind and compassionate once, twice, three times, okay, four times, ten times. We need love that lasts more than three times. We need to continually receive the love of Christ so we can continually reproduce his love in our relationships. And what happens? What happens when we put on love? What happens when we put on God's love for us in Christ Jesus? What happens when we receive Christ's love and reproduce it in our relationships? Well, the text tells us. It says, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now, there's a little question here exegetically. The question is, everything, what does that refer to? What is being bound together, this everything? Some commentators believe it's all the Christian virtues that have been named earlier in the verses. In verse 12, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness. Love binds these all together in one. That's possible, but it'd be very unique in scriptures to speak of love that way. The other option is that everything actually refers to more like everyone. All the brothers and sisters in Christ. Love is that bond that binds us all together, and that's probably the better reading. That this text, that this love is the one that binds all Christians together. You see, the Christian love is not just a, or Christian life is not simply just an individual game. It's a communal activity. Putting on love is not simply one individual putting on love and living that love. No, this is something which we do as a community, as a family of God. If you knew French... That would be more clear. In the French, the text is vous. It's not tu. Tu is one, you, singular. A little like the old the and thou. Vous is you, plural, everyone. This text is talking to all of us together, putting on love. Collectively, communally, as a family. Maybe that way my illustration of putting on a coat isn't too good. Because that's just one person putting on a coat. We've got to go back to that illustration of being outside to look at the stars and it's cold and we get that big blanket. And we're going to put that big blanket over everyone. Everyone's going to cuddle together, huddle together. And we're all bound together by that big blanket. And we keep warm together in that big blanket. We need to have that love which binds us all together. So that we are filled with the warmth of God's love. And we love one another, even as God has loved us. That kind of love lasts much more than three years, brothers and sisters. It lasts much more than 10 years and 30 years. It lasts a lifetime. It lasts into eternity. Putting on the love of Christ, putting on the love of God for us in Christ Jesus is that eternal love. It's a foretaste of glory where love never ends. Where love is eternal. Because our God, who is love, is eternal. Amen.
Let us pray. Almighty God, merciful Father, God who is love, your faithful love, your steadfast love, your amazing love, your love which is high and wide, broad and deep, your love which is eternal from before the creation into the new creation. How wonderful is your love, almighty God. Remind us again, we poor sinners, loveless people, remind us again of your love. Fill us with your love. I pray, almighty God, that the spirit that you have given to us, that Holy Spirit, that you've placed upon our hearts, in our hearts, that you'd also pour into our hearts with the spirit your love. And may your love indeed overflow so that we might love one another. Help us to love one another even as Christ loves us. Father, give us faith. Faith to daily remind ourselves, to remind one another of the way we have been loved in Christ Jesus. Give us, Lord, encouragement, boldness, even to remind one another of the way you love us in Christ Jesus. We pray, Father, that your love would indeed be spontaneous, energy, power, strength, steadfastness, so that we might love one another for many years to come. We pray all this in the name of our Savior who loves us. Amen.